We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It is April 30th. It's 2021, and we have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how's it going, my friend? Eh, not too bad. I was winning some GPPs, and then Diamondbacks had an end. The Rockies game is still going on, so we'll see how it ends up ending, but should be a profitable night regardless. Well, that's for one of us. Um it didn't the Dodgers stack did not work out for um this guy. So yeah, definitely ready for Friday's slate. And um it's a, it's a, it's gonna be a big one. So let's jump into it. Uh before we do that, if you haven't checked out superdraft.com, head on over there, roster your favorite plays without worrying about a salary cap. Sign up using promo code grinders for a fifty dollar instant deposit along with the 50% deposit match bonus up to $500 on your first deposit of $50 or more. Check them out, superdraft.com, overlaying almost every single day. And um, yeah, love what they're doing over there. Let's jump in. We get started here with the Mets and the Phillies. We got Stroman against um, Chase Anderson in this one, and it's an eight and a half total. Mets are a 155 favorite currently. Um, any interest here in Stroman? No, just just no. Like he's a he's a good real life pitcher, but he's not a great fantasy pitcher. He's a guy that has around league average or slightly below league average strikeout rate, like big ground ball guy. Going up against a Phillies team that's really pretty solid all the way up and down. Uh, so just don't see a ton of upside. He's priced up a little bit at eight point four K. No real need to go with him in fantasy. Yeah, I don't really love this spot for him. I could see if it wasn't a 14-game slate, maybe taking shots on Stroman. He put up 21 against this team um, earlier this season. He can have a decent game in this spot, but it's 8,400, and we have guys in this range that have really high ceilings. So I think he wins. I think he pitches well, but he's just not a really big strikeout guy, and I think you're going to want and need strikeouts and pitching deep into games. Um, the other side of this, Chase Anderson, do you have any interest in him? Nope. Not good. Yeah. Chase Anderson, uh, 4.57 XFIP over 240 ISO to both sides of the plate. Really no soft contact, ton of hard contact. Uh, let's talk Mets bats. Anything standing out to you for the Mets? I mean, pretty much all the lefties, Chase Anderson is guy with some pretty decent splits. He's given up a 303 ISO to lefties since beginning of last season. Doesn't really strike him out too much. Doesn't get a lot of ground balls, gives up a 
decent amount of hard contact. So all the lefties in the lineup seem a little bit too cheap. Conforto, Nimmo, Smith, all solid bats. Don't mind throwing in Lindor or Pete Alonso in there because they're pretty much always in play and always in play for a stack. McNeil seems a little bit expensive and probably going to be batting a little bit later down in the lineup. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I have a lot of interest in this stack and I have a lot of interest in individual bats. I'll have to wait and see what the weather ends up looking like tomorrow because it looks like it might be a little cold, which would definitely be a downtick. Uh, to the offense, but they still have a 4.7 implied run total. It's a super solid spot with them, and Chase Anderson just not great and gives up a decent amount of bombs. Yeah, like I, I like Pete Alonso a lot for tournaments. Um, I could see maybe going like Dom Smith. Like, I don't know if I stack the Mets here, but I, I completely understand why you would. Um, you know, good ballpark upgrade. The lefties are in a great spot and Chase Anderson's a guy that's just going to get hit really hard. So I don't mind. Maybe the Mets is like a secondary stack. Um, and then on the Philly side of things, like Stroman's not a big strikeout guy, but he's a massive ground ball guy. Um, and really outside of Hoskins, not a lot of these guys hit the ball up in the air a ton. Yeah, no, it's pretty much just Hoskins to me. Like, that's really the only guy you can go with. Stroman, massive ground ball guy, great real-life pitcher, doesn't give up a ton of fantasy points. Doesn't strike out a ton of guys, so Hoskins really uh, profiles well. He's a big fly ball pit- hitter, gets a lot of hard contact, so he'd be the only guy we really consider. Bryce Harper's a little bit priced up at 5.8K. He profiles fine, but I just don't think he's worth it with the price tag going up against a good pitcher in Stroman. So it'd be Hoskins one-off. Otherwise, full-on fade of the, full-on fade of the Phillies. Moving on, we have Miami at Washington. Um, Pablo Lopez against John Lester, right? Making his first start, I think. Um, there's no total in this game. I think it's a lot of will John Lester actually pitch or will it be like Ross or somebody? Um, do you have any interest here in Pablo Lopez? I mean, you have to have a little bit. He's a guy that is – been good since the beginning of last season been very good so far this year sitting under a 4x or under a 3.5x pip um decent ground ball guy strikes out guys at a decent clip and he's better versus lefties than he is versus righties in terms of striking out so it gives a little more upside and there's going to be a decent amount of lefties in this lineup a lot of high strikeout bats i mean you got avelia probably going to be in the lineup schwarber bell both strike out at a high rate turner strikes out a pretty decent rate and they don't really walk at a huge clip i'm without soda in this lineup it's a bit different so i have a lot of interest in him just because he's slightly under uh, most of the other pitchers i'm looking at don't know if he's the best like there's probably four other guys but i'll end up with a sprinkle of him here and there when i can't fit up for guys slightly more expensive but he's just it's a great matchup, and he's probably underpriced for how good this guy is. Yeah, um, I, I think it really depends on what the lineup looks like because Juan Soto can return for this game. If he's still out, um, I don't think it's the worst spot for Pablo Lopez because the lineup is definitely worse when Soto's out of the lineup, You know, especially if we look at like the lineup that they rolled out there on um, – the other day, it was like Bell batting third, Hernandez batting second. Um, and the bottom of the order was just like starting Castro, Harrison. Um, a lot of strikeouts was towards the bottom of the order. So I, I think it's really going to depend on a, a lineup for Pablo Lopez. Um, on the Washington side, or like, I don't know if we could trust John Lester, even if he does pitch, even though he threw like a 90 pitch, like simulated start. Like, I, I can't trust playing Lester here. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's honestly not good either. So, no interest in Leicester, like even against Miami, and really don't have a ton of interest in Miami bats. Yeah, see, I, I disagree a little bit. I think if you want to take some shots here on Miami, they're not the worst. Like Adam Duvall's thirty nine hundred. He's super cheap. Um, who else was Who else was I thinking about? John Birdie is the other guy that I wouldn't mind taking a shot on here, and you can kind of go like four or five stack and use like a second base outfielder um, and save a lot of money. So I don't mind looking at some of these guys for Miami. Um, obviously it's a little bit tip d- different with a like, Cooper banged up um, and Anderson banged up, but I don't mind some of the cheaper Miami bats. Lester stinks. Yeah, he does. I mean, I don't mind that. Like they are cheap and I guess you can go with Aguilar who, can easily take Lester out of the yard. I, just, I don't know. It's a big enough slate, and it's supposed to be 57 degrees outside in D.C., so I, I kind of 
I, I, I understand paying for the cheap bats and I may use them as one-offs, but largely staying away from them. Detroit at New York, Scoble against um, Garrett Cole, eight total in this game. Yankees, uh, this game opened at 340. It's already 360. Um, so obviously, like, I don't really have any interest here in Scoble. No, nope, he's terrible versus righties. He's going to get destroyed. Uh, I think Garrett Cole is someone obviously on the list today. He is, you know, the second highest price pitcher on the slate. We have, I think, three. I think saying three like studs is like super fair, right? You got Darvish, you got Cole, and you got Bieber. You're probably using one, if not two, of these guys in cash games. Um, what are your thoughts here on Garrett Cole? Yeah, my guess is the cash game bills are going to be both Bieber and Cole. Cole just has a fantastic match going up against Detroit. Detroit is the second worst hitting team in the entire league. Um, strikeout a huge clip. Cole is sitting around a 42% strikeout rate on the season. They're just terrible. Like Cole is probably my preference over Bieber, but yeah, this is a leg- they have a 2.6 implied team total. Cole's gone over 110 pitches, I think, in the last two starts. He's stretched out. He's just mowing through guys. This isn't a patient lineup. He should absolutely crush him. I mean, it's baseball. Anything can happen, but he should just smash in this spot. I plan on using a ton of them today. Yeah, like he's he, and like he's just going to have run support. He's going to be able to cruise in this game. Um, and, and the match was fantastic. I don't really have any interest in the tr- Detroit bats, and I think Eric Cole is top two pitcher on the slate and probably the top pitcher on the slate. I think Detroit's a little bit softer lineup than the White Sox. Um, I, so. I, I think we can safely say that. Yep. Um, you don't have any interest in the Tigers, do you? None. Yankees. I think the Yankees are going to be popular today. Um, they obviously have one of the highest implied team totals. And the stack isn't like – overly expensive here like obviously days it's infuriating why don't they raise their prices i don't know man i i'm with you like ursula he's gonna be chalky uh you would expect like aaron hicks to be chalky um you know stanton's 5200 um higgs is a guy that i really like if judge is out of the lineup and one of these cheaper guys cracked the lineup it's just gonna make the stack easier so yeah really like the the spot for the yankees yeah, no, I mean, Scooball is just absolutely terrible versus Rays. We don't have a huge sample size, but since the beginning of last season, 331 ISO to righties, like striking them out at a 22% clip. That's fine. He's a decent strikeout guy, but still walking them at 10% clip, 62% fly ball rate, 32% hard contact rate, going up against a team that just can absolutely hammer the ball. Judge and Stan probably grayed out as two of the best overall raw point plays on the entire slate. LeMahieu, Ursula, Torres, Hicks, Higgs, anyone outside of probably Odor, just because it's lefty-lefty matchup and Scooball's actually been pretty good versus lefties. All of them just grayed out as absolutely fantastic plays. Like, this is a perfect spot for the Yankees. Should end up hitting the ball ballpark quite a bit. They're fantastic plays. Just wait and see where ownership's at. And even if ownership's high, I still might just end up eating it because this is just a beautiful spot for them. Um, moving on because we don't have to spend a ton of time. The Yankees are a great play. We got Atlanta going up against Toronto. We don't have a total in this one. Uh, it's Drew Smiley against Robbie Ray. Um, any interest here in Drew Smiley? No, I mean, he's been better than he's actually pitched so far this season. He was pretty decent last season. Um, but he's been giving up a whole lot of bombs, like just a ton of them. I mean, maybe he's definitely due for some positive regression, and I will end up using him in the future. Um, but the the Blue Jays are not not the team to do that with him, and they just got too many guys that can just hammer the ball out of the park. Like he's giving up a 350 ISO so far this season. He's given up like seven bombs. I think he's given up three in the last outing or two. Like he's definitely better than his numbers show. But this is not a spot where you really want to try it with him. Yeah, I don't know. Toronto is a team that I like playing left-handed pitching against because they do have some strikeouts in this lineup against left-handed pitching. But you're adding, like, 
you're adding like Springer too um, to this lineup, and like it's a pretty scary lineup. I, I think if you're playing like 150 en- entries, you get some exposure to Smiley. You know, dude has a 32.6% K rate, and you know, like we were talking, like you were talking about. All the like secondary and like underlining stats say like he's getting super unlucky. So I think if you're playing 150, you could take a shot. And then Robbie Ray on the other side, 5.51 X FIP since the start of last season, 387 Woba, 274 ISO with a 50% hard hit rate and a 50% fly ball rate against righties. Um, I'm going to pass on Robbie Ray here. Yeah, I think that's probably a smart move. I mean, if there weren't another cheap pitcher on the slate that I really like, I might consider him. And if it weren't such a tough matchup in a decent ballpark, like maybe, but yeah, the guy's just a little bit wild. This is a really patient lineup, like a lot of very good bats here. I just don't think it's worth it. And yeah, the fact that there's probably going to be what seven, eight lefty or righties in the lineup, like I, I, it's just not a good spot for him. And I think he's going to probably get into some trouble. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. You look at it and you're like, you're probably not playing right here. And like, he has some strikeout upside, but I don't think this is the spot. Let's talk Atlanta bats. Um, obviously, you have to like the righties here. Ozuna's 5K. Like, they're expensive, and it could potentially keep their ownership down a little bit. Yeah, no, it probably will. I mean, because the main guys you want to go with are going to be Acuna, Ozuna, probably Albies, Day Arno. Um, so it's really like not a not a cheap stack to have. Like you can even throw Riley in, but they're expensive. Like that's the only thing. Like Ray can strike out some guys, but he will give up a lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls, decent amount of home runs. He'll walk a lot of guys, so guys will be on base. It's just it's going to be uh it's gonna to be tough to really use him or use these guys because you want to pay up for one of the top end pitchers. And I understand there is a lot of ways to go without playing Cole or without going Bieber, but I would probably project them at both close to 30 points. Like, so it's tough to pay for these guys. There is one cheap pitcher on the slate. So you can go with, well, I mean, we'll get to Heaney eventually. We can go Heaney and then with a seven or eight K guy, but it's tough to pay up for these guys, but they all grade out as very good plays. Like it's that simple. Like, so as a stack, Great. One-offs, Acuna is one of the better ones on the slate. Ozuna is one of the better ones on the slate. Darno is probably one of the best catchers on the slate. It's just going to be tough to do. Yep. Um, yeah, any interest in Toronto bats here? One-off power bats, Flad, Springer, um, Bichette, Simeon. Guriel is probably the better point-per-dollar play. He can absolutely hit a bomb out of there, but like I said, Smiley's striking out a decent amount of guys, but this is a solid park, and Smiley gives up a lot of a lot of hard contact. So you're just basically a home run searching. I wouldn't mind a stack just because of what's happened to Smiley, but like I said, most of the numbers are going to be due for some positive regression. So I'm I'm mostly home run hunting here. Maybe a mini stack with three power bats. Up next, we got the Cubs and the Reds. Jake Arrieta against Wade Miley, eight and a half total. Uh, Reds a slight favor here at 120. Do you have any interest here in Jake Arrieta? I have no interest in either pitcher. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like Wade Miley, he's a you know decent real life pitcher, but he's not like a typical like DFS guy. Not going to get a ton of strikeouts, but he is going to generate a lot of ground balls. He's not going to get. He's usually not going to get beat up. Um, but the Cubs, I think the Cubs are a team that he could potentially struggle with here. They do. They are going to throw a lot of righties at him. Um, do you have any interest here in the Cubs bats? I mean, a little bit, but not really like Wade Miley's mostly just a ground ball guy. Like they already don't strike out a huge clip or at least a significant amount of their bats from going with anyone. I'm probably going with fly ball hitter and Contreras at a catch position, but he's sitting at 5.4 K. So I don't know if he really makes the mold i mean potentially bias but he's expensive like I, I i just don't see using many cubs bats here because while they may end up putting up five runs they're probably not going to do it on like a whole, whole bunch of home runs 
Like it is a solid ballpark, but I, I just don't think it's a spot where you really want to target Cubs bats outside of maybe Brian is probably the best one to go with just because he's a little bit cheaper than Contreras. Yeah, I think Brian's definitely in play. I think um, Horner, if he bats his leadoff, he's he's still really cheap, right? Thirty two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he could potentially bat leadoff against the lefty. So I don't mind, you know, potentially looking at that. Grant, I, I like the Reds a lot today. The problem with the Reds is they're just super expensive and it's going to be really hard to make the Reds stack work. But I, I definitely think this is a spot that you kind of want to try to make it work because I think that they could blow up Jake Arrieta in this spot. Yeah, it's just so tough. Like Winker's 5.1K, Cassianos is 6.1K, Vado's 5. Like this is just, this is Coors pricing right here yeah like that's what it is and i don't know if it's worth it like i'm fine with it go ahead do what you want like it's not a terrible idea but this is not a lineup that's priced even remotely affordable on a slate where you're really sacrificing if you go with me it wasn't like yesterday's slate where you pretty much had a freebie in the second slot like you're sacrificing a lot in order to get these guys in your lineup and yes they could end up putting up eight nine ten runs but i don't think it's worth it for the price tags and no one stands out as a good actual value like i'm not gonna have a problem with castellanos i'm not gonna have a problem with nyquin i'm not gonna have a problem with suarez but no one stands out as a great play so like pricing just makes it too constrictive i'm probably not playing i like moustakis uh 4.4k we know Ursula is going to be really popular at third base and Musakis is not as, you know, as expensive. So, you know, coming back from injury, um, I'm pretty sure it was like um, illness, right? It was I think it was like COVID or whatever, but um, I don't know if he actually had it or anyway. Um, so I, I like Moustakis. I, I think like trying to pick like three Cincinnati bats and maybe using them as like a top end secondary stack and trying to find like a cheaper um you know main stack would be interesting on this slate and you know maybe on super draft where they're not you know you could play anybody you want just kind of hope you get the right stack even if their multipliers aren't the best so definitely would be looking at them um over there moving on we got um houston at tampa mccullers and yarbrough seven and a half total houston a 120 favorite um any interest here in lance mccullers yeah, yeah, I have a decent amount. Like, he's a guy that just absolutely hammers in his curveball. Has a 30% K rate since beginning of last year versus lefties because of said curveball, curveball, and he has a decent changeup. Like, this is just a spot where he profiles well. He can, he can absolutely get blown up. Like, it can definitely happen with him. It can happen at any given time. Like, he can just have an off day, but it's a decent ballpark. There's a high strikeout lineup, especially going up against a – little bit of a reverse splits righty like this is a perfect spot i'll wait and see what the lineup ends up coming out at but i mean you could potentially have zunino in there and a whole bunch of lefties which mccullers can absolutely blow through um so this is just like a perfect spot for him he's 8.5k it seems a little bit too cheap he's definitely a guy i'm considering quite a bit and probably will use a decent amount yeah, the strikeout upside is the the most appealing thing for McCullers. Tampa is a team that they strike out at a very high clip, one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball um, since the start of last season, especially against right-handed pitching. So I think McCullers, 8,500. You get a discount for a guy that has, you know, a 30-point ceiling. He hasn't pitched great to start the season, but he's still not a guy that's giving up a ton of home runs. So, um couple Babbitt goes his way and you know you just look at the underlining numbers and you're a little concerned about the walk rate but I think you have to take some shots on him in tournaments just because of the strikeout upside uh Yarbrough on the other side like you just don't play left-handed pitching against this team Yarbrough's not a big strikeout guy and this team is not a team that strikes out a lot against left-handed pitching so whether or not you want to play the Houston bats or not, you probably don't want to play a left-handed pitcher against them. Yeah. I mean, Yarbaugh is not really a huge upside pitcher. He doesn't really strike out a ton of guys. He has been putting up some pretty decent outings so far this season, but not really worth it. 8.3 K going up against Houston. That's just a low strikeout team, especially versus left-handed pitching. What's interesting here is the Astros have a 3.9 implied team total. I don't fully understand that. I feel like that's a little low grand is a decent pitching 
matchup, but like I'm still not playing Yarma. Yeah. Um Houston Bats, anything standing out to you here price wise or anything? I mean they're kind of cheap. Like no one's over five K outside of Korea. Um, but I still like Yarba is a decent real life pitcher. I don't know if he's really worth it or it's really worth it to spend on these bats, especially with that low of a total. Yes, they can put up a big item, but it's not a great ballpark. I, I'm probably going to fade outside of maybe a Bregman or Altuve one-off or use Kyle Tucker, even in a lefty-lefty match, matchup at 3.1K. Yeah, and then like on the Tampa side, they're super cheap. Like if you are looking for like that garbage stack of the day, take a shot on Tampa. Like there's plenty of upside in this lineup and they're just, they're, they're free. Yeah, no, they are super cheap. Like this is an easy stack. And like I said, it's pretty much a stack or fade spot for me. Like I'm going to be using some of colors, but a Tampa back is Tampa Bay stack is absolutely in order. Like you got cheap price tags. You can use them and potentially pay it for two aces. Um, especially if Kiermaier is leading off, that's a two K bat in the leadoff spot. Like McCullers is great versus lefties, but he still gives up a decent amount of power to left-handed pitching or left-handed hitting over a 50% hard contact rate since beginning of last season. So they can absolutely take the ball out of the ballpark. He has been walking a decent amount of guys. If he doesn't have his control, that means he's probably not going to be able to place his curveball, which is the main strikeout pitch. And so ball is going to be put in play a lot. And this is just, I mean, it's pretty much anytime someone goes up against McCullers, like he's either going to be on or he's going to be way off. And this stack is super cheap. That makes sense to be playing them. Um, yeah, like you're you're probably able to get Bieber and Cole and stack Tampa, and you're not going to be able to stack many five man stacks and get those two in your lineup. So that's the appeal of like rolling the dice on this type of stack. Uh, Boston at Texas. Eight and a half total here. Red Sox, uh, 169 favorite in this one. Eovaldi against Ahara. Um, any interest here in Eovaldi? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's been pretty darn good this season. He profiles pretty well against this team. Obviously, the Texans, or not the Texans, wrong sport. Stupid NFL draft. Um, the Rangers are a pretty decent strikeout matchup. Eovaldi has a little bit of reverse splits. Um, granted, like, it hasn't been as much this season, but you look at his pitch mix, you look at his numbers since the beginning of last season, strike that lefty's a higher clip. It's a curveball guy and a splitter guy, which both of them are two of his good out pitches with one of the highest whiff rates. Um, so this is a perfect spot for him going up against Texas. Potentially has big upside in this spot. They don't have an overwhelming applied team total. Like, just all around a very good spot for him. And I don't think he's expensive enough at 8.2K. Yeah, I actually I like this spot a lot for him. Like he, you know, like you were saying, since the start of last season, better better hard hit rates, better ISO numbers, better hit distance, like all that stuff, like better against lefties um than righties. And this team just strikes out. There's so many guys that strikes out um at a high clip in this lineup. Like the bottom of the order, Brock Holt probably not gonna strike out, but he's not gonna hit the ball to the ballpark on you. He's a he's a contact hitter. So I, I like Eovaldi's, you know, upside in this spot for sure. I think he's a really interesting tournament play. Uh, Ehara on the other side, though, like this guy is just not striking anybody out. And you got to have strikeout pitchers against the Red Sox or they will beat you up. Yeah, he's due for some negative regression and he's cheap. Like the reason to use him is because he has put decent matchups out there, decent games together, and he's cheap. But, like, you're really just hoping for his luck to just continue. Probably not going to happen. It's a matchup versus the Red Sox. It's really not a great matchup. He's been terrible versus righties so far this season. Been pretty decent versus lefties. But, like I said, he's due for some negative regression. Gives him a ton of hard contact right-hand hitters. And you've got a lot of decent ones in the spot. I don't expect much out of him. I'm not going to play him. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what the Red Sox lineup looks like if uh, J.D. Martinez doesn't end up playing. Um, or they already said he won't play. Um, there's a report that came out. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what the outfield looks like because we could potentially get like um, Frenchy Correro in the in the outfield here at 2.5K, and I would really, really like that. He'd probably bat towards the bottom of the order, but 
Um, it would make the Red Sox stack really easy to kind of work through. Or even if it's Renfro, I would love for it to be Renfro. At it three could be one both. Game. Yeah, Renfro might DH. That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting both of them to be in there, like them and probably Dahlbeck too. I mean, Arihara has not been great versus righties. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys, so I really plan on strike or uh, throwing in the cheap outfield bats. I mean, Dahlbeck at first you can throw in too, uh, but Cordero, Renfro, both decent amount of power, super cheap. Like I said, just not a whole lot of stacks that you're going to be able to do and still get the top price guys. But people don't really like to stack the bottom of the order. I mean, my guess is Cordero is probably going to be batting towards the back. So will Renfro. So will, uh, so will Dahlbeck, but they're all cheap. Like I don't mind rolling out a six, seven, nine stack and then th- rounding out with like Vasquez or Bogarts or Devers. It's not a horrible idea because they're super cheap. Renfro, Franchi, Dahlbeck all get a lot of hard contact going up against a pitcher that does not strike guys out. This is just a kind of a perfect spot for them. So I plan on using quite a bit of Boston bats in order to pay off for pitching or at least a secondary stack, like doable mini stack with Renfro, Dahlbeck and Franchi. Um, super cheap. It allows you to pay up for at least one stud and you can get in a pretty decent stack on the other side. Um. Anything here on the Texas side, bats-wise? You can stack them. Like, they're always a stack that can go nuts, but no, I, I don't have any real interest. I mean, Gallo is cheap at 3.6K. Garcia is cheap at 3.7K, and Dahl's cheap at 2.8K. But I'm a I'm not a huge fan of these guys. I mean, Ivaldi's a big ground ball pitcher, gives up some hard contact, but the only reason you're using them is for salary savings. I mean, I mean, you could take any of the power bats. You know, nobody's going to talk you off of rolling out one of these power bats. Low Gallo, um, Willie Calhoun is like super cheap too. So if you want to play him, like that's not obviously a bad idea. So any of the power bats, I think, are in play here. But outside of that, um, I don't think you really want to go too crazy here. Um, that's it for that one. Let's move on. We got the Dodgers and the Brew Crew. Facing off against each other here. Uh, no total in this game. I think it's more um, of who's going to pitch game. for the bullpen game. Yeah. Vicia should start. I don't think he'll go deep here. Um, and then you got Freddie Peralta. Do you have any interest in Vicia or we just don't really expect him to go too deep? Yeah, I don't like him. I don't think we – I'm not entirely certain who's going to end up starting. Um, but guessing it's bullpen game, guessing they're not going to go deep. Solid match versus the – Brewers, but probably just off of them. I mean, if we had news that like Vasia was gonna like come in and pitch and be like and like actually get like a full on start, he would be super interesting against Milwaukee. Um, you know, a left handed pitcher against Milwaukee. So I think it's gonna be a bullpen game. I'm with you. And we really don't know what to expect from Vasia anyway, but this lineup really like if they roll out like five lefties against Vasia and we know he's gonna throw like eighty to ninety pitches at five K, he would be super playable in my opinion. Yeah. But that's a lot of ifs. And yeah. we have no idea what's gonna happen with that. Freddie Peralta, thirty nine percent K rate since the start of last season, facing the Dodgers, um, eighty seven hundred. Any interest? I wanna say wait and see what his um ownership is. Because I, I know it's the Dodgers. I know he gives up a lot of fly balls. I know he gives up some hard contact. And I know he can get wild. And that the Dodgers are a very patient team. But Freddy Peralta does not matter in the team. He can put up a massive outing. I mean, I've seen him put up big outings in cores. Um, like, it's, it's strictly just based on what the ownership is. If it's going to be low, I will absolutely take some shots on him. Absolutely. Like, he could mow through this lineup, even though they're a great lineup. But who knows? I, I have no idea if he's going to be chalky or not. Like, I would expect now. So as of right now, I believe that I will have a decent amount of ownership in him just because the upside is massive for this guy. Yeah, if you're playing 150 teams, even against the Dodgers, I think you got to roll him out a little bit. But if you're not, you're probably not playing a ton of him. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Dodgers' bats? I mean, it's Freddy Peralta. He gives up a lot of fly balls, decent amount of hard contact. 
walks a lot of guys. This can get ugly real quick, and then the bad bullpen arms come out from Milwaukee, and they can do some work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bets, see your turn. Like, I'm probably stacking or fading this game. Like, it's, it's that simple. Dodgers are stack or fade. Don't think I want anything with one-offs, but, like, Betts, Seager, Turner, Muncy, Smith, Pollock, Taylor, all all can end up getting it done against Peralta. It's just, is he going to have his stuff? Are they going to get lucky with Babbitt? I don't know, but, like, it's a stack or fade, and I don't have a ton of it, um, interest in the stack. Yeah, and it's not like – they're not even they're they're a little discounted, but I don't think they're enough discount. Like Muncie's fine at forty four hundred, and Seager's fine at forty eight hundred. But that's really it for me. Like it's a tough matchup for Justin Turner and Mookie Betts. Like I'd much rather play Seager or Muncie, and like you don't even feel great about playing these guys. Yeah, uh, Brew the Brewers, man. I don't no, have just no like they're cheap. Yeah. I don't care. Like it goes back to if you want a five man stack a team to get um Cole and like Bieber on the same team, I, okay, sure, but don't expect a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it could work out if it is a full on bullpen game, but you're hoping for a lot. Yeah, they're just not good. Cleveland at uh, Chicago taking on the White Sox. We got Bieber against Keuchel. Six and a half total. 148 favorites Cleveland here. A lot of respect for the White Sox lineup. Um, What are your thoughts here on Bieber? I mean, outside of Cole, he's the top raw points arm on the slate. I mean, he put up 40 points against his team. Last time they saw each other, beginning of last season, 40% K rate, 2.37 XFIP. This lineup has a decent amount of strikeouts. It's got some power. It's a good lineup, but it's better versus lefties. Going up against a righty that just absolutely dominates righties. Like, they're for some trouble. Like, the line is interesting, but still, the White Sox only have a 3.3 implied team total. This is just a perfect spot. Well, it's not a perfect spot for Beaver, but he's doesn't matter. He's Beaver. Like, he should mow through them. I prefer Cole, but just he's the second best arm on the slate. Yeah, I if like Cole is going to be like double the ownership of Bieber, I probably end up playing more Bieber. Um, but I, I think Cole's the better play, and I don't think we it's really an argument. Um, do you have any interest here in Keuchel? Not really, like I rarely ever do. Just a solid real life pitcher that's kind of a trash fantasy pitcher. He is cheap, like that's the thing, he is cheap at 6.5k. Got up to 93 pitches in his last matchup. Could probably get over that, but, like, this is a guy that, like, hasn't been pitching terrible this season, and he still hasn't had more than 13 points in that. And granted, his pitch count has been all over the place, but, like, he's you just don't get upside. He's cheap, but we'll get to a much, much better cheap pitcher soon. Yeah, I don't love this spot. Um Let's talk Cleveland bats. Anything standing out to you for Cleveland? Not really. Like I said, he's a good real-life pitcher. Not really going to give up a ton of fantasy points. May get Babbitt because the ball gets put in play a lot. But just overall, not a good spot for Cleveland bats. One of my favorite plays on this slate is Luplo. Um, Massive fly ball guy against a massive ground ball guy. Keiko's not going to blow the ball by anybody. Luplo's not a big strikeout guy either. He's going to hit the ball up in the air most of the time. And he's usually really cheap. I don't even, I don't have super draft pulled up right now. I'll pull it up in a second, but I bet you he has a really good multiplier over there. He's probably cheap on FanDuel, but DraftKings, he's priced up. But I think when you have a guy that throws a lot of sinkers um, against a guy that hits a lot of fly balls, this is like a recipe for success. You look at Luplo's numbers against sinkers and they're fantastic. Like Jose Ramirez and Jordan Luplo are like one of the best tournament two-man combos on this slate, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't mind that. I'm, I'm not going there, but I fully understand. Like, it's a, it's a solid point. Like, he does profile very well with Keigel, and his price tag isn't terrible. Listen, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta like some batted ball data every once in a while. Um, 
I used to like it before it was cool. Um, Me too. I know. It was awesome, right? Kansas City at Minnesota. We got Singer and... Oh, we're not going to uh, talk about the White Sox bats? Good. We don't you, need to. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you going to play the White Sox in a 14-game slate against um, Bieber? I didn't want people thinking we forgot. It's just don't play them. Well, the last time you said that, like you you liked the team and they went off. So, oh yeah, what was that? Oh, Arizona, that was like two yeah. nights ago. Yeah. yeah, like that that was different. That was I didn't like <laughs> the I I like people didn't like the Diamondbacks because they were trash and they thought Paddock was good. Shane Bieber is legitimately incredible. So, yeah, and the White Sox aren't cheap. All right, am I good to move on now? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're good. Um, it's always good when you remind me that I skip over something that I had zero interest in talking about. Um, <laughs> Singer and Pineda, um, eight total twins, uh, 142 favorites. Um, any interest here in Singer? He's cheap, like, he's fine if you want to pivot off of Heaney. Like, twins are obviously a decent strikeout team depending on who like i guess it, got, it depends on the lineup if a studio's in there i pretty much fade pitchers going up against the twins when a studio's in there especially if arias is in there too like it just becomes too low of a strikeout team but this kid isn't bad like since beginning of last season 25 percent k rate under a 4x fib like he's a solid pitcher and there isn't a ton of walks in this lineup so he can make it a little bit later into the game they have a moderate team total of 4.4 so it's not a bad spot for him, but I just want to wait and see what the lineup is because studios in there, like it kind of gives a big downgrade. If Simmons is in there, big downgrade. So it all depends on what bats end up in the lineup because this can become either a high upside lineup or a very low upside lineup based on who's in there. But I mean, profiles is a good pitcher. He's good against righties, a little bit reverse splits. Um, but like, I just don't know who's going to be in the lineup. So wait and see on the lineup. If a studio's out of there, if Simmons is out of there, then yeah, he's definitely in play. Yeah, I think Singer is definitely an interesting like 7K pitcher. You know, he has decent strikeout stuff, very good against righties, generating ground balls. You look at this lineup, Buxton, Donaldson, Cruz, really the, the three guys you're mostly worried about in this lineup, and they're all righties. So Singer is definitely fairly interesting here for tournaments especially if he kind of goes low owned because you know he's a he's a road dog and people hate playing pitchers on the road that are not favorites so michael pineda here like kansas city lineup stinks um is pineda somebody that we could look at here at 7600 yeah yeah so far this year he's been solid he's at a price tag where he's pretty affordable Always worried about how late he'll go into games, but I think in his most recent start, he went up to 90 pitches. So can go late enough into a game. Um, this is not a great lineup. There's a decent amount of strikeouts in there, especially depending on who ends up being in the lineup. Um, but yeah, like he's just been solid so far this season, striking out guys at a 25% clip. So yeah, I have some interest in him. Like it's just, do I have more interest in him than a guy like, Evaldi at slightly less, probably not. Um, McCullers at slightly less, probably not. It's just if I can't make it up to that price range, he's kind of the guy in the 7K range that I would much rather end up going with. So, yeah, it's, it's basically a price play, but he does a great – I was a great play. He does a great – I was a bad play. Yeah, just – man, the thing that I hate about Michael Pineda is every once in a while he'll just throw a pitch down the middle of the plate and people hit out of the ballpark and i've talked about this for years i i think he, at his price he is playable and this lineup is not great but i think in tournaments if you're not playing pineda solera at 3500 is super interesting um andrew benatendi at 2900 is super interesting um i don't think you can necessarily pay 5300 for Perez but he grades out as a decent play uh, but I really think like looking at like Soler at 3500 is super interesting on the slate yeah I mean O'Hearn I always play him because he's cheap and and almost always ends terribly for me um 
but Pineda gives up a decent amount of fly balls and hard contact to lefties, and O'Hearn hits the ball hard when he hits the ball, so he's not really a great fly ball guy, so I like to target him against fly ball pitchers, or just when he's cheap, which is always, and it just ends poorly for me every time. <laughs> it's like playing Danny Jansen all, what was it, the beginning of 2019 for the first several months, and then he went off. Always fun when that happens, right? Yeah. Always a good time. Um, anything else from this one? I mean... Oh, Minnesota bats, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Singer's been a little bit reverse splits. You look at his pitch mix, and he's a big slider guy, so like he does occasionally throw his change up in there, but like I don't know if he'll fully be reverse splits. But... Um, I don't know. Or he's actually pretty splits neutral. I don't know. Like they're they're expensive. That's the thing. Like again, wait and see what the lineup is, but they're all 5K. It's not a great matchup. Probably not. Probably not going with Minnesota. Yep. Um yeah, I just I, I think they're okay, but they're not like they're not priced where they should be with everybody else on the slate. And I'm probably not playing those over the rest of the guys. So, uh, Rockies and Diamondbacks, eight and a half total in this one. Diamondbacks, a slight favorite at 118. We got John Gray against Madison Bumgarner um, in Arizona. Any interest here in John Gray? No, no. His 8.1K seems a little bit too expensive. It's not a lineup that really grades out, or it's not really a matchup that really grades it out well for him. He's obviously a pretty splits-heavy pitcher because he likes to hammer on that fastball slider. Um, so realistically, the fact that he's probably going to be facing five, six lefties in the lineup, depending on who they end up throwing out, it doesn't really seem like a good spot for him. So I'm out on him. Plus, the roof's going to be open in 93 degrees. Yeah, like, man, I want to like John Gray because of – how well he has fared for us in the past, but everything screams negative regression coming. Um, so XFIP Sierra a lot higher than his like ERA. And I don't know. I, I think he's definitely benefited from some of the matchups that he's had. Um, I think he faced Houston when Houston was dealing with like the COVID stuff. Um, the Dodgers kind of pounded him, but He's pitched great in cores this season, which is weird, but you know, it's been I, I think cold. it's been really cold for most of the starts, I think. Yeah, so I don't know. I think when you're looking at the underlining numbers, it screams don't play John Gray. So I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in those numbers here. And then Madison Bumgarner on the other side of this game, like the Rockies are not great. Um Bumgarner is coming off of just lights out seven and hitless innings against the Atlanta Braves on the, the second end of a double header. No I mean, it's an official game and he didn't give up a hit. Yeah, but also it's Mass and Bumgarner, so I vote no. <laughs> that, that's I mean, pretty like, much the only reason why. I think if this was any pitcher, I'd like be like, this is so stupid, but it's Bumgarner, so I'm like, not a no hitter. Yeah, I, I don't know, because I feel like I feel like you need to go nine, like six extra outs, anything can happen. But I also feel like if that's the rules of what Major League Baseball is going to have, and he he pitched a complete game to the rules and didn't give up a hit, so I don't know. This is a conversation for a, a day that doesn't have fourteen games. Um, do you have any interest in Bumgarner here? No, like he's due for some negative regression. He's not a good ground ball pitcher. He's a slightly above average strikeout pitcher right now. Like maybe if they roll out too many lefties in the lineup, then I could potentially see using him. I, I guess I have to wait and see on the lineup because obviously if they throw Tappy in there, they throw Nunez in there, Blackman, McMahon, all those guys in there, then he becomes a little bit more appealing. Um, but he's priced up, I think, just enough where I don't really want to use him. I still don't think even in that matchup where he got a no hitter, I still don't think he's actually gone over a hundred pitches this season. So he has a decent leash, but it's not horribly long. His price tags up because it was no hitter. People are probably going to play him. It's hot. Dome's open. 
So if they roll out the lineup, I think they're going to roll out, which won't have Tapia or Nunez in it. I have, I have no interest in him at all. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I probably don't end up playing him here. And I get why people would take shots on him at 7,900, but I, I think there's like three guys in this range that I think I would play before him. Like I would play Pablo Lopez, probably Drew Smiley, and Michael Pineda in the same range before I would play Bumgarner. I would I would rather leave 1,100 on the table and play Heaney. We're getting there, Grant. We're getting there. Sorry, I'm just super excited. Um, all right, let's talk. Any interest in the Rockies bats? I mean, the righties. So Story and Crone, like probably two main guys. I want to go with Crone's a little bit too cheap at 4.2k. Story, obviously, a good bat. I mean, if you want to throw anyone else in there, I'm not going to argue with it. Daza, if he's in there, is 2.6k. Isn't the worst idea in the world. Although he might end up doing nothing. He's just cheap, and it's a good spot. Like Bumgarner has not been great versus righties this season, giving up a ton of hard contact, giving up a lot of fly balls. He's just been able to get some soft contact going up against lefties and strike him out a pretty decent clip because um, his cutter has been pretty decent, but he's not good versus, versus righties. And so story and Crone are the guys that really grade out well. Um, Any interest here in Arizona? Lots of interest. Um, Lots of interest, just all the lefties like Van Meter, Smith. Like, well, Smith is an all right play. Van Meter is a fairly good play if he's in the lineup. Escobar is a great play. Peralta is a great play, even though he's expensive. Kelly, if he's in the lineup, I still like Gray's just been pretty good versus righties. It could be, could be because of the matchups, could be because of any number of reasons, but he grades out as a pretty extreme splits guy because his fastball slider condo, combo. But Rojas. Like, I want to wait and see what the lineup is, but I'm guessing it's going to be pretty – if votes in the lineup, then I absolutely love him. Um, if Kelly's in the lineup, like the lineup a little bit less. But I have a feeling they're going to throw out a lot of lefties here, and I have a feeling that because of that, Gray's just going to get destroyed. So wait and see what the lineup is. But I like uh, Peralta and Escobar regardless. Um, probably like Cabrera regardless. Vote if he's in the lineup. Love him. Um, but yeah, lefties here against Gray. If they platoon out the entire lineup, it, it, it could be a rough outing for Gray. And with the dome open and the heat, it's a great spot for them. The only thing that semi concerns me here about Arizona is I hope they don't become very popular in Bieber um, coal stacks because they're cheap enough to like play those two guys. Yeah, the problem is people are going to want to throw Peralta in their stacks. Like that, that that's the main thing. And I mean, I don't know if that'll divert people from playing him, playing them, but uh, like Escobar is still 4.2. He's a guy that you're going to want to get in the stacks. I think vote is how much is vote. Um, he's I think four, two still I'm double checking. Um, 39 votes, three, nine. So like, that's not bad, but a lot of these bats that are super cheap. Aren't really the greatest plays in the world. Um, in most people's eyes, I'm just, like Cabrera is the one guy that stands out as a cheap bat. I don't know. I guess it's going to have been if Van Meter's in the lineup. If Van Meter's in the lineup, I could see them being a chalky stack just based on him. All right, moving on. We got Baltimore at Oakland. Uh, means against Fires, eight total. Fires, a 135 favorite here. Do you have any interest in Means? Not really. He's been good so far this season. Um, but probably in for some negative regression. This is a decent lineup means obviously way better versus lefties than he is versus righties and probably only going to have Olsen in the lineup. So not really a good spot for him. He's priced at 8.8 K. I'd rather roll down on any of the other pitchers around that same price range or go all the way up to Bieber and Cole. Yeah. You know, you look at means and he has a 0.72 ERA and a 4.5 X FIP on the season. Um, there's a lot of negative regression coming for him, but I will say that I think the ex Fip and Sierra off a little bit because he is a fly ball guy. Um, he's, he's been pitching really good. Like his swinging strike rate is fantastic. He's generating a ton of soft contact. He's not giving up a lot of line drives. Um, his contact rate and his outside the swinging strike zone is really strong. If Means was 7,800 on this slate, 
I would probably play him 8,800 and just kind of looking at like pricing on this slate. I don't think he makes the cut, but he is somebody that I think is a very, very strong tournament play that nobody's going to be playing on this slate. Yeah, that's fair. I don't like the spot either. Like Oakland is a team that's very good against left-handed pitching. So that concerns me too. Um, any interest here in Fires going up against Baltimore? Not really. Um, don't think he's going to go late into the game. He's not particularly a high strikeout pitcher. This is a decent matchup, but like this is his first start of the season. I don't know how late he's going to go, and there's already very limited upside with him, so not using him. This could easily be a bullpen game. Fires was dealing with a hip injury. That's why he hasn't been ready. Uh, you know. If he's not ready, like how deep is he really going to go? Like you said, I think you stay way away from playing fires here. Um, as far as the Baltimore bats go, they're another one of those cheap stacks, Grant. Like Mancini's 4,500, Mullins is 4,100, but like Franco is 3,900, um, Ruiz, Severino, depending on Mountain Castle's cheap, like DJ Stewart's cheap. So this is another one of those stacks that you could potentially roll out two stud pitchers with. Yeah, I mean, Fires doesn't strike out guys at a large clip. So, Stewart in the lineup grades out as a very good play that's drastically underpriced at 3K. Hayes grades out as a pretty good play. He's a big fly ball pitcher. So, and these guys with power, Montcastle, they're all too cheap. So, I'm right there with you. I think it's a good spot for them. I don't know how late Fires is going to go into the game, but I think regardless, it makes an interesting stack just based on price. Um, Any interest here in Oakland? Not really. I mean, they're all priced up. Means is not a bad pitcher. Like it's pricing on both sides. It's a problem. Like means is too expensive and the Oakland bats are too expensive. It's not a good ballpark. They're just kind of all out of play. Yeah. It's kind of where I'm at. Like there, there's like Mark Hanna at 4,400 would probably be my favorite. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Like everybody, like Sean Murphy, we were getting him like super cheap and he's even super expensive now. So I just think they've priced Oakland off of the slate. I think they're in a good spot. I just think they priced them off of the slate. Yeah. All right. We got San Francisco at San Diego. We got Webb against Darvish. Uh, Seven and a half total. Darvish a 207 favorite here. Um, What's your thoughts here on Logan Webb? He's not good, and this lineup's good. Not using him at AK, especially. I mean, you summed it up. You know, high walk rate guy against a very patient team that doesn't strike out. Um, he might not make it through the fourth inning in this spot. And then you Darvish on the other side, like I, I again, I, I think the Giants lineup is a lot better than people give them credit for. Darvish is a really strong pitcher. This is a catch twenty two spot for old Stevie. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is like wait and see what ownership is. My guess is Darvish is going to come in at very low ownership. Granny is. 700 less than Cole and 1200 less than um, Bieber. So he could end up coming in at really low ownership. I think it makes an interesting tournament play where they hasn't gotten over a hundred pitches so far this year. So I think he's kind of capped in what he can do, especially against the San Francisco lineup. That's actually pretty good. Um, but I don't know. Like the problem is, yeah, it's a tough matchup. Like they're probably going to have a decent amount of lefties in their lineup. Darvish is drastically lower K rate guy versus lefties than he is versus righties. So it just kind of makes it a tough upside spot in order to compete with Cole and Bieber. You're just kind of hoping on both of them having a rough outing, in which case there's a lot of other guys that can do well. But overall, I think he makes an interesting tournament play, assuming he's going to come in at very low ownership. Yeah, I just – he's just – man, he just pitched two really lights-out game against the Dodgers. The upside is certainly there. Um it really just comes down to ownership. Um, as much as I like the Giants in general, I'm not playing them against you, Darvish. No chance. Especially on a 14-game slate. Um, any interest here in the Padres, Bats? Yeah. I mean, Webb's not great. Gives a lot of hard contact. Not a huge fly ball guy, so I'd probably go with the fly balling hitters, which I guess there's not a ton. They're just all good hitters. But Machado, Tatis, um, Myers, Cronenworth is in, if he's in the lineup, uh, pretty cheap. Hosmer is fine. 
Grisham is probably a little bit too high priced, but he's fine. Like it's just a solid lineup. If we're targeting one offs, it's probably Machado and Tatis uh, or Cronenworth just the price savings. But overall, just a good stack spot. Uh, definitely don't mind stacking them. Like I said, I don't know if Webb really goes too deep into this game. So, all right, Grant, it's the last one, but I know you've been dying to talk about it. We got the Angels at the Mariners. Um, Andrew Heaney against Flexen, eight and a half total. Angels are one fifty favorites. Sell me on Andrew Heaney here. I mean, Andrew Heaney is Andrew Heaney. He's a fantastic pitcher with a great strikeout rate. This is not a great lineup with the projected 28% um, strikeout rate in it. I'm pulling up Heaney's stats because he destroys Seattle almost every single time he faces him. Let's see, 10 strikeouts last matchup last year. And then we only had three, but six strikeouts before that. We go back to 2020 or 2019 where he just absolutely mowed them out. Back-to-back 10 strikeout games versus Seattle. And so, yeah, in literally three of the last five games versus Seattle, he's had 10 Ks. Like he's a lefty that gives up a lot of fly balls, decent amount of power, but strikes out a huge clip um, both sides of the plate. Like going up against a very high strikeout team with some power. Um, so it could end up going poorly, but I absolutely love him. He's 6.8 K. That's probably all I should have said. He's, he's very good and he's about, 1800 two grand too cheap there's a perfect spot for him he is the best point per dollar play at pitcher on the entire slate by a very wide margin yeah um i like him a lot you know you're not gonna hear me complain about this spot for andrew heaney i just wanted to hear your thoughts and this is just such a big strikeout spot this lineup the projected lineup just strikes out at such a high clip. I think they have four or five, maybe even six guys over 25% against lefties. So Heaney's always a guy that like, if you play a lot of them, you want to have a head stack, but I think this is obviously a spot that you can play him and feel pretty confident. Chris Flexton on the other side of this game, coming off of a monster game against Boston, um, going up here against an angels team that man, they just don't strike out. Do you have any interest here in Flexton? Not really. You said they just don't strike out, and they're pretty solid lineup, especially with Rendon back in it. So, I mean, Flexen's not a bad pitcher, but he's not a huge K rate guy. Like he's just right about league average. So, tough matchup with not a ton of upside. I'm kind of just out on him. Yeah, I'm gonna pass. Um, I don't like bats in this game. Just overall. Like, I think if you want to play Otani and Trout and Walsh on any slate, you can. But I just don't love bats in this game in general, considering pricing and everything. Like, Trout 6K, Otani is 4,900. Walsh is 4K, which I think is the, the best of the bunch. But I don't know if I want to play a, a one-off Jared Walsh either. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of just out on bats from both sides. Like, yeah, I'm out on the Angels, the Mariners. Like, you're right. Uh hedge stack is not a bad idea especially we're talking about all these cheap lineups like Heaney is a has been great against Seattle in the past granted a little bit new look still a lot of the same guys and they have a ton of strikeouts but he does give up a lot of hard contact he does give up a decent amount of fly balls like this is just a spot depending on who they end up rolling like because they might only have one lefty in there which really doesn't change Heaney's upside too much it just kind of raises downside like Hanniger is probably too cheap if he's in the lineup tomorrow France is a guy with power Lewis is a guy with power White is a guy with power Tranmill's not a bad bat like Haggerty if he's in there is a guy with some decent power like this is a team with power so if it goes bad for any which I mean again just look at his starts this season he's at 30 17 32 negative 3.5 and he got beat up real badly by team with a lot of uh a lot of righties if he's tipping his pitches he can get blown up because he's predominantly a uh fastball curveball guy like he can just rail through strikeouts like that but yeah i mean it's pretty much he could end it badly but he's so cheap like if he ends up being super chalk i probably will have a leverage stack over on seattle 
All right. Um, let's play the morning grind game. We'll do our super draft play of the day after. And we'll get out of here for the weekend. Uh, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Amy. Who would have ever guessed that? Um, I'll take Michael Pineda. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Um, John Gray. I'll go Yarbrough. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Stanton. I like that one. Um, give me Mike Moustakis. Under 4K to get two hits. Ursula. All right. Give me Van Meter, assuming that he's in the lineup. Uh, Sack to score six or more runs. Yankees. Reds are a cheat code. I'll take the Reds. Um, I mean, they realistically should be priced the same, um, but they're not. Do you have any um, bets that's standing out to you here night before? I'm guessing he's going to come in at a five and a half K prop in the morning, hit the over. All right. I like the Reds minus 121. I think that is um, that's really fair value for a team. Wade Miley is not unlikely going to get blown up, and I really like the Reds at home um, against Jake Arrieta. So I like that one. Uh, do you have a do you have a super draft play of the day that's standing out to you here? I mean, a pitcher just go 100% on guys between Singer, Ivaldi, and Peralta. Singer's at 1.9x, Ivaldi and Peralta are at 2x. Just just hammer them in because there's a chance Peralta scores more than half the lineups that don't even use him. All right. Um, I was trying to find a price on Moustakis, but I don't see him in the player pool. That's weird. Am I missing him? Or that uh, they, they might have taken they might have taken him out of the player pool because he was hurt or out. I mean, it's, it's sometimes a little funky the night before. Um, let me check. I don't think he's in the player pool. Yeah, Weird. it could have been because he was out and just came back. So No, they should have it in the morning. Yeah, definitely be checking out um, that. Like That's somebody that I really like on this slate, like I've said multiple times. I, I, I like the red stack over there on Superdraft just in general. Like, Castellanos at 1.2, Winker at 1.3, Joey Votto at 1.35, Nyquin at 1.4. I like the red stack a lot. I think that's definitely a stack that I would do like a three or four man stack um, over there. I like running like two, three man stacks usually on Superdraft, but uh, that's definitely one that I like over there. So, yeah, the Uh, Diamondbacks are lefties. A lot of them are at 1.7x. I really like them over there. There you go. Diamondbacks and red stack. Let's do it. Um, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Just hammer the Diamondbacks and hammer hanging to your lineups. That is going to wrap it up here for Friday. We'll be back Monday talking some more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. See you, kids.